0: You're tuning in to Taz Encounters on Faith FM, and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania on 87.6, 87.8, and 88.0. And also, um, you can get us through Faith FM app and Faith FM website, that is faithfm.com.au. And today we have Rako joining us from Bernie. And um, Rako will be continuing with this series. Um, Rako, you Rako, I believe you have a new, um, starting a new series today?
1: No, we're we're still continuing uh, the same series. Oh, we're uh, still doing <laughs> three, <laughs> 3 M J. Yeah.
0: All right. So we are doing three M J, which is um, the three M standing for Movement, Message, and Mission of Jesus, and um, uh, J standing for Jesus. So that is Movement, um, three M J, Movement, Message, and Mission of Jesus. And um, how are you today, Rago?
1: Yeah, good. Thank you. How are you doing, Tabitha?
0: I'm well. I'm well. Um, I believe today we are. Doing, uh, you're going to talk a lot on prophecy. Um, and I'm just wondering, what impact has prophecy had in your Christian journey?
1: Uh, it's had a big impact. And we were talking about this just before we, we, we started going on air. And, uh, you know, I was starting to reflect on, you know, where did I really first get introduced to prophecy? And uh, I grew up um, in the church uh, as a. Um, In a Seventh-day Adventist home And it wasn't until I was 14 that I went to a camp It was a a church camp And it was a teen camp And I made a decision to follow Jesus I was 14 And then I had Bible studies And I still remember the pastor Going through some of these prophecies And especially going through a prophecy with me Called the 2300 year prophecy of Daniel 814 And I don't remember much about it But I just remember, you know, the chart 2300 year prophecy and I've had the privilege of teaching that over and over again and I always tell people, you know, you hear it once well it doesn't mean that you get it all you kind got to keep on revising these things Mm. and uh, uh, you know, I got baptized at age 15 and then uh, I finished high school my family moved up to Bundaberg I did some uh, studies there Uh, and then I went over to South Korea, Mm. and in South Korea, I remember giving my first Bible study a lesson to a Korean. His English wasn't really good, Mm. um, but uh, I believe God uh, helped us through that. And uh, you know, in the beginning, when I was teaching the Bible, uh, I know I wasn't doing the best job, (laughs) but God teaches you in that ignorance. And for me, when I see when I'm teaching the Bible and I teach prophecy and people get it, Mm. that's kind of A wow factor for me. Mm. Wow, they see this. And I I, I don't want to just spoon feed them uh, and give them the answer. I want to guide them. Uh, And so you guide them as a teacher and then when they see it and they go wow, I go wow, this is really amazing. Mm. Um, There was a prophecy in the Bible that's had a huge impact on me um, and this is the reason why I would say I'm a Christian today and that's because of a prophecy in Daniel chapter 9. It's the prophecy known as the 70 weeks prophecy about the first coming of Jesus Christ Mm. and as I said I grew up in a Christian home but uh, I still have to find God for myself Mm. and sometimes I hear people say or when I ask them the question why are you a Christian they would say oh because of my parents. Mm. Uh, That's not really a good answer, Mm. in in my opinion. You you still need to find God for yourself. Mm. It's like when my wife and I were in Asia, and we lived in Taiwan for two years. Why are you a Buddhist? Uh, Oh, Because of my parents. And it's just a cultural thing, too, sometimes. Mm. So you need to know what you believe in as a Christian. Mm. And so when I see the 70 Weeks Prophecy, it's all about the first coming of Christ, when He would be anointed, baptized, when he would die on the cross. You know, prophecy was fulfilled mathematically on time. Mm. And I say to myself, man is not smart enough to invent that. This has to be something not natural, but supernatural. Mm. Um, So, Tabitha, how about yourself, you know, when it comes to prophecy?
0: Um, So, when I was um, younger, I would say... Um maybe like in high school or just fresh from high school I used to um I really didn't used to understand prophecy, and uh for that reason, I used to avoid prophecy like i just um any time i remember there was this time i went i attended a youth camp and um every time the pastor would- st- start talking about prophecy, I'll just switch off and uh, sometimes go to sleep because i was I just used to find it hard to understand um yeah, but then then we uh after some after a few years I started like developing interest because obviously, you know, when you're reading the Bible, everything is there for a reason. Um God mm. is trying to communicate to us. And I thought, yeah, I need to understand this because if I'm studying the Bible and if I want to understand what God um is communicating, then I need to understand everything that is in the Bible, and prophet is a major part of it because it's um talking of the end times and the second coming of jesus and yeah, so that's the time i started um'm studying prophecy and mostly like very like interested to attend um any presentations to do with prophecy, and it has really it's been an eye-opener. I've started to understand um, many things that are happening and um, what is being referred to in the Bible because mm. some things, you know, you can't... Prophecy don't take it as it is. You, have, There's a deeper meaning most of mm. the time. And uh, yeah, it's just been amazing. Like, I, mm. I just always uh, want to... I also want to... to mm. Sorry, yeah? Right. Mm.
1: Uh, I also want to add to this. You know, we've been looking at Matthew 24 for the last couple of weeks and it's good to get into details mm. and you know there's nothing without a reason or without a purpose which is in Scripture, but the big picture is the second coming of Jesus Christ mm. and, and this is a prophecy and it's going to happen uh, in the future and I also believe you know the coming of Christ is near and when you look at the New Testament one in twenty five Bible verses is on the second coming of Jesus Christ mm. um, so this is a this is something that's important but I think what's more important is this. I have taught prophecy in the past, Mm -hmm. um, a number of times where it's been without the cross, without Jesus. Mm. And sometimes it's easy to preach prophecy, but when you're trying to put it to the cross, you know, this is now trying to reach the heart. Mm. And I've read, you know, I was giving Bible studies where people were not making decisions for Christ. And I'm going, what am I doing wrong here? Mm. And I realized I was, quite young, and you know, God still uses you in your ignorance. He He still teaches you, He still guides you, mm-hmm. but success depends on reaching the heart. Mm-hmm. And uh, I still remember a guy who was saying, mm, the second angel's message, where's the gospel in that? Because the second angel's message is found in Revelation 14, verse 8, mm-hmm. which says, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, um, and it, it's all about uh, Babylon fallen, and Babylon is false churches, and it's you know there 's a there 's a church and the antichrist power and i don 't have time to get into all of this, but if eventually I heard this guy saying this a number of weeks, and I was young, mm-hmm. uh, I would have been probably about uh, oh maybe in my early thirties mm-hmm. or late twenties i can 't remember. Uh, but I said to I actually got fed up <laughs> to be honest, and I said I said um, I wasn't doing ministry yet. I wasn't doing pastoral ministry yet at that mm. time. And I said, well, it's easy. If Babylon falls, you're coming out of Babylon. If you come out of Babylon, all these false religious worship uh, and churches, well, you got to go to someone, mm. and that is you go you go to Jesus. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Mm. And uh, by coming to Christ, you know you, you're you're coming to the foot of the cross, mm. and Whatever prophecy we teach, and I, I'm always reminded of a book called Gospel Workers, page 315, that has had a, this statement has had a profound impact on me, that whatever you study from Genesis to Revelation must be studied that lights from the streams from the cross of Calvary. Mm. So, if the cross message is not being taught um, in the context of prophecy, then, you know, someone might not agree with me on this mm. point. And that is, in some ways, that Bible study or that sermon or that presentation has failed. And, and that's why even when we're doing things on Faith FM, I'm always trying to bring it to, at the end towards Jesus, you know, to the cross. And, and, and sometimes we run out of time. But that's my aim, you know, because I know that the cross is what convicts and changes hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, prophecy is great, but it needs to be taught in the context of the cross.
0: Indeed, and i um, just to remind our listeners of so our show number. It's zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Text us any questions, any comments, um, any feedback. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And also, I asked you earlier if um, we're doing a new, starting a new series. I I mixed that up with um, <laughs> David Maxwell's. Um, <laughs> David Maxwell does his programs on Friday. He's starting a new series this Friday. So, sorry about that. Um, so, what are we talking about today?
1: Um, before we, I mention what we are going to talk about today, last time we talked about the abomination of desolation. That was a huge topic. We had two parts, mm-hmm. and we talked about the armies surrounding the city of Jerusalem, but we also talked about how that this applies for us before Christ comes back again, that there will be this uh, worship that will be set up, which is a counterfeit worship. Mm. And uh, we, we we just uh, want to be ready for all of these things that are coming. These are signs. And when we see these signs, then look up, lift up your head, because your redemption draws near. Jesus is coming soon. Um, mm. Today we're talking about the Great Tribulation. It's a huge topic, and we're going to have two parts. I don't know how much we're going to cover today, um, but the passage of scripture this is found is in Matthew 24 verses 21 to 31 mm-hmm. and Mark chapter 13 verses 19 to 27 and Luke chapter 21 verses 25 to 28 and I know our um, time has run out for this first section and I know that uh, we have to go for a break.
0: Okay, did you want to pray before we go for a break or? L-
1: let's do that when we come back.
0: Alright we are going to listen to this song Jesus is Coming Soon by Vocal Union. Troublesome times are
2: are here Filling men's hearts with fear Freedom we all all hold dear. dear Now is at stake Humbling, Humbling your hearts to God, safe in the chastening rod. Seek, Seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians, away. My Jesus is coming soon, morning, or, morning night, or night or and noon. And many will many meet, many meet their doom. Trumpets will, Trump sound, will surely sound, and all of the dead shall rise. Righteous me, bless me, the skies. Go where, no where no one dies, heavenward bound. Well, troubles will soon, troubles will be, soon be or, or Happy, for happy evermore. forevermore when we, when we meet on that shore Free from all care Rising up, Rising in, up in the, the sky, sky Telling this telling world, this world goodbye. goodbye Homeward we then will fly glory to share My Jesus is coming, coming soon. soon Morning or Morning night or, or, night night or noon. noon And many will meet their doom Trumpets will Trumpets sound, will surely sound. And it shall rise, rise. Righteous me in, me in the in skies Falling no 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 where no one, one dies Heavenward no. bow My Jesus, is, Jesus is coming soon Morning or night Morning or night or- Trumpets will sound and all of the dead, of the dead, shall, dead shall rise. rise. Might meet might in just meet in the sky, now we're no one no dies. dies. Heavenward. of the, of the shall, shall righteous meat righteous in me, sky, time
1: This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.
0: You're listening to Taz Encounters, and today we have Rako Chilich um, talking about the Great Tribulation. And um, Rako, when we went for a break, um, you talked of something you wanted to share. Um, What's that thing?
1: (laughs) Yeah, you you, you brought something back to my my memory, and... um, we're going to have a listener question, right? Yeah. And, and what's that listener question you want to pose? And then I'll share a little experience, and then we'll pray and get into our study. Finally.
0: All right. Um. So the listener question is: Um. Just listeners, uh, we encourage our listeners to share any good experience they've had in regards to prophecy. Um. Share any good experiences you've had in regards to prophecy. Um. On our show number zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. We'd like to hear from you
1: and noticing that listener question it is about something good, something positive and I'm sure you know there's been the opposite of where people have had a negative encounter or a negative experience in regard to prophecy mm. um, but uh, I remember one person and I won't mention where but it's in Australia and he, this guy was ministering to an ethnic church and I come from an Eastern European background you know I understand Europeans a bit even though I grew up here, I grew up in a in a a Yugoslavs church in in Sydney. Um, And uh, I remember this guy, he said to me, he's really struggling with this church. And I said to him, uh, knowing the background of these people, I said to him, preach the mark of the beast for 45 minutes, and then for the last 15 minutes, bring it to the cross, um, and and connect it all to the cross, and, and hopefully their hearts will melt, and I remember what he did. He grabbed me, and he did the European thing, and he kissed me on both cheeks, and he said, "Oh, that's it, that's it." <laughs> um, you know, again, you know, bringing things back to the cross. Let's let's have a prayer, and uh, uh, Tabitha, can you lead us in prayer, and then we'll get into our study.
0: Sure, Um Father, we thank you for this day. I'll be grateful for your blessings on our lives, and I will pray as we're going to do this program today. You be with us. Um, be with Rakosi. Present your your message to your people that you may speak through him. God, may the Holy Spirit guide him um, so that he may share, um, be guided through you in what he's sharing. And for, I pray that all listeners may be touched with your message and um, act upon it. Be also with me and may we pray that you help us do, um, so that the program goes smoothly. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you, Tabitha. <laughs>
0: So, so last
1: time we looked at the uh, the abomination of desolation. Mm-hmm. Um, we finished that off, Matthew twenty four verse fifteen to verse twenty, mm-hmm. uh, and now please read verse twenty one.
0: Sure. So, um, for there will be greater anguish that mm-hmm. at than at any time since the world began, and it will never be so great. And it will never be so great pain. Hmm.
1: Um, Thanks for reading there. Um, You know, my Bible translation says, in the New King James Version, it says for then. And and the word then means next in event. Mm. Okay, So, after the destruction of Jerusalem, then sometime in the future, there will be a great tribulation, such as never has happened before. Mm. And and the big question is, what's this all talking about? Mm. Um, Some people might be thinking, well, this great tribulation is when... You read the book of Acts and you have Christians that were persecuted. Well, that that could be perhaps a possibility, but I don't think so. And the reason is because those things still happened leading up to the destruction of the city of Jerusalem, the events in the book of Acts, where this has to take place after the destruction of the city of Jerusalem it has to take place sometime after a d seventy and it will be just um yeah it, 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 it won't be pretty <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I want us to open up our Bibles to Daniel chapter seven okay mm-hmm. Daniel chapter seven yep. in Daniel chapter seven, there in the beginning, you read about how there are four beasts mm. and in bible prophecy, a beast represents what Tabitha
0: um power.
1: It represents a power, or a nation, or a kingdom. And we don't need to guess that. It's actually even... It tells us this in Daniel 7, that the four beasts are four kings. And in order to be a king, you must have a kingdom. Mm. Um, And the first beast there is like a lion... And someone might go, well, who does this represent? Mm. Well, I'll just back up a little bit. In Daniel chapter 2, you've got this image. And I'm sure, uh, I think it was uh, Peter Watts or someone that did talk about the image of Daniel chapter 2. Mm. And you have these different kingdoms, Babylon, um, Middle persia Greece, the Roman Empire. And so what Daniel 7 does is, it talks about these same kingdoms, but under different symbolism. But then it also adds a little bit of additional information. Mm. And so you've got Daniel 7, you've got this lion beast, it represents Babylon, then you have uh, you have, the next is this uh, bear beast, and it represents Medo-Persia, this leopard beast, it represents the Greeks, and then you have this terrible dreadful beast, it represents the Roman Empire. It represents what we call pagan Rome, which means it just has political power. And in Daniel 7, Mm -hmm. and can you please read verse 7?
0: verse 7 sure I can read that Um, it says after this I saw in the night visions and behold a fourth beast dreadful and terrible exceedingly strong it had huge iron teeth it was devouring breaking in pieces and trampling the residue with its feet it was different from all the beasts that were before it and it had ten horns
1: you know it's interesting here it says it had Huge iron teeth, it was devouring, breaking. These are some of the characteristics. Um, when you go to Daniel 2 and verse 40, it talks about the legs of iron, which represent the Roman Empire. They also, and it mentions there in Daniel 2 verse 40, they break, they crush. And the Roman Empire was known for that. And we've even seen that uh, when it comes to the destruction of the city of uh, Jerusalem. But it mentions that this beast had ten horns. Mm-hmm. And later on, it tells us that these ten horns are ten kings. And they are part of the Roman Empire. See, the Roman Empire eventually fell. It, it wasn't conquered by another kingdom. Um, and when it fell, it was divided into ten parts. Um, there were these barbaric tribes, uh, and there was political decay and economic issues in the Roman Empire. And by the year 476 AD, um, Rome was divided into ten parts. Eventually, out of these ten parts, three of them became extinct, meaning no more. And the others, they continued to be become nations of modern-day Europe. For example, uh, the Alamanni became known as the Germans. Uh, You have the Lombards. They became known as the Italians. The Anglo-Saxons, well, they became known as the English. Mm. And uh, we then come to Daniel 7 and verse 8. Can you read that, please, for us?
0: Sure. Um, I was considering the horns, and there was another horn, a little one, coming up among them. Before whom three of the first horns were plucked out by the roots, and there in in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking pompous words.
1: Here's a little horn, and this is not the same or part of the ten horns that you read previously in the previous verse. And this little horn power, we already see it has a few characteristics here. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, it's little. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, it must arise sometime after the ten horns, so mm-hmm. it must rise sometime after AD uh, 476. Uh, a- another characteristics, it plucks up or uproots three of the other horns. So it's mm-hmm. so we can see it's got a bit of power here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, y- you know, it has eyes like the eyes of a man. Okay, some type of. Um, Man at the top of this uh, little horn, and this little horn, uh, because it's a horn, it must be a political power. It also speaks pompous words or it speaks blasphemy. And it's interesting in the Bible, blasphemy can be claiming to forgive sins, Mm -hmm. uh, and this is based in Mark chapter 2, verses 5 to 7, but also claiming to be God. Um, Where do we find that? In John chapter 10, from about verse 30 to 33. So, here you have a power that's also speaking pompous words or blasphemy. Not only does it have political power, but also claiming to be God and forgiving sins. So, it's this religio-political power. These are some of the characteristics here. Uh, Can you please read verse 20 and verse 21, please?
0: Sure. Um, Verse 20. And then... And the ten horns that were on its head, and the other horn which came up, before which three fell, namely, that horn which had eyes and a mouth which spoke pompous words, whose appearance was greater than his fellows.
1: Thanks for pausing there. I did say to you, read verse 21, but thanks for pausing there. Here he talks about the ten horns and then the other horn, and that's Mm. the little one. Um, And just because it's little, it doesn't mean that it's not powerful. But it does add additional information here that it was greater than its fellows. It was greater than the other ten horns, mm. and uh, in verse twenty one it says this: "I was watching, and the same horn was making war mm. against the saints and prevailing against them now." It says here it's making war (laughs) against God's people. Mm. So, this is a type of power you don't want to miss. So, we're seeing a number of characteristics here now. We've Mm. probably seen about five or six characteristics already. Mm. And read verse 22.
0: Until the ancient of days came, and a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High, and the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom.
1: Wow, there's a lot that we can say here it mentions here the ancient of days and the question is who is the ancient of days this is just another term for god the father Mm. and it says here Remember the previous verse, it's talking about the little horn. There is war that's taking place on God's people until, so meaning until a certain time period, until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was made. Wow, it talks about some type of judgment. Now, people get a bit nervous when you start talking about judgment, but here it mentions it's made in favor of the saints. Mm. Okay, it is made in favor. And please read verse 20, um, 24 and I 25.
0: I believe it's time to go for a break. Um, if it's okay, we can read that before, um, when we get back.
1: Oh, good, you're the boss. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah, because uh, we've had some interactions. Uh, we've had Stephen text in, I look at the world for it is today, they said, they said this X. Um, I well, that's to do with prophecy. I'm not quite sure what Stephen meant, but I'm thinking it's just um, some of the things being f- um, prophecies being fulfilled. Um, he said, "I looked at the word for it is today." Um, they said this X, and uh, he's also texted again Stephen and said, "The Bible said this would happen. Look up, Jesus is coming. Indeed, indeed, um, the time is nigh." And um, Jason, has, thank, thank you, Stephen, for texting in. We appreciate your um, response. And Jason has also texted and said, for me, the Daniel prophecies regarding the rise of the various nations and world powers, and specifically the prophecies relating to, to the first um, coming of Jesus in Daniel and the other Old Testament books, gave me a strength of faith in God and his word beyond all doubt. Mm. Amen. Mm. Thanks, Jason, for texting in, um, and thank you, Stephen, as well. We appreciate, and we also encourage our listeners to text in and share good experiences they've had in regards to prophecy. Um, for now, we're going to listen to this song, "Arise."
2: From distant lands and across the seas. God called us together as a family
3: In breaking of bread and daily fellowship In doctrine and prayer we became a queen
2: Arise, shine, for your light is come And the glory of the Lord is risen upon me. Now is the time to live for God's kingdom
3: the broken hearts and set the captives free. We know the harvest is great, but the work is few. So in faith we went out, unsure what to do.
2: United by the Spirit and a single goal. To share the gospel and to save lost souls Arise, shine, for your light is come And the glory of the Lord is risen upon me. Now is the time to live for God's kingdom To heal the broken hearts and set the captives free worked in us ever patiently, through the struggles and the victories. The time has come for us to part We'll keep the memories stored within our hearts Arise, shine, for your light is come And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee Now is the time to live for God's kingdom To heal the broken hearts and set the captives free Set
0: the captives free You're listening to Taz and Countess and um, we have Rako today talking about the Great Tribulation and uh, before you, Rako, before we went for a break you talked about a little horn um, and we read a couple of verses where, where do we go from here? Where would you like to take us?
1: Uh, Let's go to verse 24 of Daniel chapter 7. Can you please read that for us? We're going to see characteristics here of the little horn, and you're going to also hear some of the characteristics we read in verse 24 and 25 we've already read. um, But we're just building up more.
0: Okay. um, Daniel 7 verses 24 Um, The ten horns are ten kings, who shall arise from this kingdom, and another shall rise after them. He shall be different from the first ones, and shall subdue three kings."
1: You know, the question here is, okay, he's going to be different from the other horns, this little one, and how? That's a good question. Hmm. And verse 25, please.
0: He shall speak pompous words against the Most High, shall persecute the saints of the Most High, and shall intend to change times and law. Then the saints shall be given into his hand for a time and times and Half a, half a time for a time and times and half a time <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, that's an important point um, especially in relation to this episode called the great tribulation so in verse 25 we see he speaks pompous words uh, or he blasphemes we already read that in verse 8 of the same chapter mm-hmm. he shall persecute the saints of the Most High. We already read something similar where he'll make war against God's people. But it says here he'll, he shall intend. He's going to think to change the times and the law. Mm-hmm. Somehow he's going to think to change God's law. But in the end here, it talks about how he's going to reign for this time period of time, times, and half a time. Mm-hmm. There's about 10 to 12 different characteristics of this little horn in this chapter. And the question is, who is this little horn power? Mm. Well, the Protestant reformers, uh, this is going back some 500 years ago, they identified that this little horn power is known as the Antichrist power, and it represents the second phase uh, of the Roman Empire known as Papal Rome. It has to do with the papacy, it has to do with the Roman Catholic Church or Roman Catholic system too. And it's not, it's not, it's not about going against people in any way, it's about the system. And uh, putting that, looking that at, uh, you know, what does, what does the Bible teach? So the Protestant reformers, they mentioned this. And, you know, my question is, whether the Protestant reformers correct? Well, one of the characteristics is, it says how, and keep in mind, the papacy is not just having political power, but religious power. It's a religio-political power. And, you know, one of the characteristics is it arose out of the fourth beast. Well, that's true. It did arise right there um, where the Roman Empire was. It did not arise in Australia or in the islands. It rose there in Western Europe. Uh, it did come up among the Ten Horns, which were also in Europe. Uh, it did come after the Ten Horns had been established. Uh, it came to power there, uh, as history tells us, in the year 538 AD. So this is... You know, a little bit after 476 AD, when Rome came to an end and it was divided into ten parts, we also know that uh, the papacy was instrumental in getting rid of uh, three of the ten horns. Mm-hmm. And uh, these three horns back then they were known as the Heruli, the Vandal, and the Ostrogoths. And the last of these, the Ostrogoths, well, they lost their power in 538 AD. It became greater than its fellows. Um, Uh, It became greater than the other ten horns, and the question is: in in what way and how? Well, it was. um, uh, Tabitha, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Yeah, yeah, I just just thought for a minute. um, We lost uh, connection. (laughs) That's why I (laughs) said that. But it became greater than its fellows, um, where it really it was powerful over the other kings of Europe. and it was different from the other ten horns, because the other horns were just political, but this was a religious political power. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also know that they have uh, it 's a hierarchical system, and you know they believe that uh, uh, Peter in the Bible was the first pope um, you know it 's not building upon peter it 's building upon the rock. Jesus Christ is a chief cornerstone. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it blasphemes you just have to look at some sources where Uh, They say all the names that have applied to Jesus apply to the Pope. Um, They made war on God's people and persecuted them. You have this known as the Dark Ages, the Middle Ages. Um, And it will intend to change times and laws. And they have their own Ten Commandments. It's found in the Catechism. They got rid of Commandment number 2. Um, which has to do with idolatry. Mm-mm. And with commandment number 10, they divided it into two so they can still have 10 commandments. Mm. Um, and when it comes to the fourth commandment, the in the Bible it says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, and the Sabbath is Saturday, it's the seventh day of the week. Well, they observe Sunday. Mm. Um, and I think I said this last time, and I want to stress this again, that... Uh, God has his people in these churches. You know, they're lovely people. Some of them just don't know the Bible. They're ignorant. Um, and uh, the Protestant reformists, they, they identified this as the Catholic system. And, you know, were they right? Uh, objectively, uh, I believe they were right. And one of the other characteristics is that the saints would be handed over to him for a time, times, and half a time. Now, that's an important point. Because the word time here, and the original here of the Bible, is not actually Hebrew, but Aramaic. Um, time, it's the Aramaic word idan, which means one year. Times is plural, which would be two years. Mm. So And then half a the time is half a year. So one year plus two years plus half a year is... And th- and a Three and a
0: half. Oh, yeah, yeah. Three okay.
1: So <laughs> three, three and a half years. Mm. And uh, let, let's see how good your math is, uh, Tabitha. Uh, in three and a half years, yeah. h- how many months is that? Um, so
0: 12, 36, <laughs> uh, 48 plus 6, 54.
1: Okay. Is it 48 plus 6 or 48 minus 6? <laughs>
0: three and a half.
1: Three and a, uh, Three and a half years, yeah, uh, is the same as saying 42 months, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, l- okay, I'm putting you here on the spot. I know you're not going to be happy with me. God loves you. Um, <laughs> we also have to think like a Hebrew. With a Hebrew person, mm-hmm. there is, um, in their calendar, there's 30 days in a month. So, therefore, 30 days in a month, that would equate to 360 days in a year. Okay, mm-hmm. and so mm. 360 days in one year, two years would be double amount, which would be 720 20, yeah. days, and half a year would be 180 days. Mm. So now 360 days plus 720 plus 180 how much is that wait say again 360 plus Mm
0: -hmm. 100 uh, sorry 360
1: plus 720 Mm -hmm. plus 720 plus
0: 720 plus
1: 180 how much is that
0: 1260
1: are you using a calendar? Uh, sorry, are you using a calculator <laughs> on your computer? Okay. Uh, that, that's called cheating, okay? Um, I was yeah. just
0: making it quicker. <laughs> okay, good. Saving so, time.
1: Okay. So 1260 days, the, the, the papacy would rain for that time period. Mm. And what's interesting is we know that it came to power in 538 AD and so that it would rain until 1798. Mm. Now that's a pretty long time, isn't it? Mm-hmm. that's a very long time and there would be persecution during that time too the dark ages and the middle ages and these things this was an extremely great tribulation yeah, you know, this was a very great tribulation. This great tribulation definitely comes after the year of AD seventy. And and, and let me just say one thing. Mm-hmm. I, I probably didn't communicate this clearly. Um twelve hundred and sixty days in Bible prophecy a day equals a year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we get that from Ezekiel four verse six and Numbers fourteen verse thirty four. So five thirty eight AD you add twelve hundred and sixty years. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you come to the year 1798, and history tells us that in 1798, uh, General Berthia, um, he goes into the Vatican and he takes Pope Pius six prisoner, and the papacy loses its political power, but it still continues to be a religious power. So, so you know, that was a really great time, and a great tribulation.
0: Mm. Um, yeah, indeed. I believe it's time to take another break. Um I'm just going to mention the offer for today which is the great the book The Great Controversy by Ellen White and this is um conflict of ages series volume five. Um these five volumes. Um, under the book, The Great Controversy. and this Volume 5 of The Conflict of the Ages series carries the story of the controversy between God and Satan to its ultimate and glorious conclusion, beginning with the destruction of Jerusalem and continuing through the persecution of Christians in the Roman Empire, the apostasy of the Dark Ages, the shining light of the Reformation, and the worldwide religious awakening of the 19th century. This volume traces the conflicts into the future, to the second coming of Jesus and the glories of the earth made new. As the end draws even closer, the vital issue of loyalty to God will co- become decisive. In this concluding volume, the author powerfully points out the principles involved in the impeding conflict and how each person can stand firmly for God and His truth. We'll give you the code um, to get this book after the break, but for now we're going to listen to this song, Standing on the Promises by Selah.
1: This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're
0: listening to Taz Encounters Candice on Faith FM. And today we have Rako Chalit. And Rako has been talking about the Great Tribulation. Um, and before we went for a break, I promised to give you the codes to get the book, The Great Controversy by Ellen White. Um, and that is Volume 5. So the code to get the book is 3MJ3. Um, text 3MJ3 to 048888891 um three MJ three no space in between to to get the book The Great Controversy. Um Rako, I believe we are in the last section of um today's program. How would you like to finish off?
1: I want us to open up to Revelation chapter twelve. We've just looked at Daniel seven. Um, there's characteristics of the little horn. Um, the little horn has been identified. We see the little horn uh, he reigns for three and a half years and which is the same as 42 months, which is the same as 1260 days. In Bible prophecy, a day equals a year. So he reigns for 1260 years. This time period um, appears seven times in the Bible. It appears uh, two times in the book of Daniel and five times in the book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. And every time it appears, it's always talking about the same event. Now, the time period of um, the Dark Ages, the Middle Ages, um, where the papacy persecuted. Uh, and in Revelation 12, there in the beginning, and I'm soon going to get you to read verse 6, but you read, um, y- you read here about a woman, and it's a good woman, and in Bible prophecy, uh, a woman represents a church. And can you please read verse 6, Revelation 12, verse 6, Tabitha?
0: Yeah, and um, then the woman fled into the wilderness, where she had has a place prepared by God that they should feed her there one thousand two hundred and sixty days. Hmm.
1: Okay, you notice that time period is there, hmm. so it mentions the woman she flees into the wilderness. Hmm. Um, she goes into an area where there's there's. You know, it's not inhabited. Um, and she's fleeing. She's running away. But God's going to take care of His woman. And I believe God can take care of His church physically like He did um with the children of Israel in the wilderness, with the manna that he provided, mm-hmm. um, e- even giving food to Elijah uh, when there was a time of uh, famine, but also spiritually. Now, let me just back up a little bit. In this chapter, you read about a child, and this child, this is a symbolic book. It's not a literal book here, it's a symbolic book. Um, you read about the child Jesus. And when you compare Revelation 12 and Revelation 2 and 3, and Revelation 2 and 3 talks about the seven churches, and these seven churches represent seven different time periods uh, from the first century and all the way to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Uh, plan A for Satan was to kill Jesus. But he never succeeded. So then plan B, he begins to persecute the church in the 2nd and 3rd century. But we know from history that as the church was being persecuted, the church grew. So then plan C was this. If you can't beat them, then join them. Mm. And so Satan, um, he has his agents, and there's compromise and corruption that comes into the church. But then plan D is the culmination of all of things of... Uh, persecution, um, spiritual corruption, compromise, all of these things. And this was during that time of the Dark Ages, the Middle Ages, this time period of the 1260 years. And then in Revelation 12, verse 7 to verse 12, it talks about a war that took place up in heaven. And then from verse 13, uh, you continue, um, and it says... Now the dragon. Sorry. Now, when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. So here's the dragon. This is the devil. He has his agents. It's going against uh, God's church. And verse 14. Can you please read that for us?
0: But the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she will, she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she is nourished for a time and times and a half a time from the presence of the serpent.
1: Do you notice that time period again? is mentioned time, times, and half a time. Mm,
0: that's 1260 days, yeah.
1: Exactly, 1260 years. Yeah. And so this is just repeating what verse 6 is saying. And then read verse 15.
0: So the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood.
1: Question. When you think of the word flood, what's the first thing that comes to your mind?
0: Noah's, um, the time of Noah.
1: Right. And in that story, which is found in Genesis chapter 6 to 9, who sent the flood? God. God. But in this case, who's sending the flood?
0: This, um, The devil. Was the devil, right? The serpent. <laughs>
1: And I believe it's in the book of Jeremiah where floods represent persecuting armies, and and the whole purpose of a flood is to destroy. And here is the devil; he wants to destroy God's church. Mm. Um, This is during the Dark Ages, the Middle Ages. This is during the this is a great tribulation. Okay, Um, and then in verse sixteen, please read that.
0: But the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood with which the dragon had spewed out of his mouth.
1: Mm. Who helped the woman? The earth. The earth. Now, the question then is, what does earth represent or symbolize in the Bible? There is not a specific Bible verse that tells us earth represents so-and-so, unless I'm mistaken, mm. uh, and someone shows me from the Bible, and I'm happy to be corrected. But the Bible, the, the world is made up of two components, and that is uh land and sea or water and the bible is very clear to us in revelation 17 verse 15 that water represents peoples nations multitudes and tongues we know in revelation 13 there are two beasts or two political powers one comes up out of the sea or water up out of a populated area but the second beast comes up out of the earth and earth is not very populated area And so, let me ask this question. This is, uh, most people would know this if they know their history. When the church was being persecuted in Europe uh, during the time of the Dark Ages, where did the church flee to to escape this persecution? They left the old world and they went to the new world. And the new world is known as... North America, United States of America. So what, Raika? are you saying that God's true church, because there's only this one woman, they go off to the United States of America? That's exactly what I'm saying and that doesn't mean that the church remains there because when we study other biblical prophecies the church is to be a gospel uh mission oriented uh church to to evangelize to the ends of the earth and so it was this time period where hey they fled there to 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 north america from religious persecution and, and you read about the um uh the pilgrims that went there uh, in history but then verse 17 says this, and please read verse 17.
0: And the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring, who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ.
1: You know, when we studied biblical prophecy in conjunction with Revelation 13, there was a great tribulation, and... Uh, It was during this period of 1260 years, beginning in 538 AD and then coming to an end in 1798. And the Bible in Revelation 13 talks about a deadly wound. It also talks about the papacy there under different symbolism, but it talks about how the deadly wound would be healed. See, uh, when the papacy received the deadly wound, there was a pause button. But Mm -hmm. one day in the future, tribulation will resume again. So Mm -hmm. there's this pause button. And here in Revelation 12, we see how... The papacy is persecuting God's church, but then the earth helped the woman and there's a poorest button. But yep. again in the future, persecution will resume. And what we see in history is, there's actually two stages of the Great Tribulation. The first stage was during the Dark Ages, and in the future, well, the wound would be healed. And uh, that w- that's still to take place uh, in the future. I believe the healing of the wound has begun, because in order to be a, a little horn or to be a power, a kingdom, you need to have political power. And so we've already seen this history where when the papacy lost its power in 1929 um there was political power given back to her and so you have the vatican but it will not be fully healed till you see the same character that it was during the time of the dark ages and the middle ages i know these things are not necessarily nice to talk about or popular but you know this is what the bible is teaching and, and you know i want to be a bible believing Christian you know I want to build build my life on the foundation upon not some uh, not some uh, thing outside of Scripture but on the Bible the, the solid word word of God.
0: Indeed. Um, thank you so much for your sharing, Draco. and I believe this you'll have more to share next week. And what are you talking about next week?
1: Next week we're continuing um, we're with th- the Great Tribulation Part 2, a- a- and there's so much I have to share. I don't know, maybe we'll even need to have a Part 3. We'll see how we go. <laughs> I
0: think we'll need to have a Part 3. And um, tomorrow we have Peter Watts. Um, talking, um, continue with this series Searching for Certainty, and Peter will be talking about the good news about hell. Um, so I hope you can join Peter tomorrow with Jason um, at 9 a.m. to learn more about that. And just remind our listeners, take called to get today's offer, which is the book, The Great Controversy um, by Ellen White. is 3MJ3. Text to 488 Thank you for joining us today wherever you are. I hope you enjoyed the rest of your day. And now we're going to Listen to this song all the time in the world by Matt and Josie Minikas
3: I see you stress and fret have you got an also yet worries eating you inside out deadlines and need met not a moment left always in a hurry what's your It's a constant crazy frenzy But if time's of the essence Then you need my presence So may I ask you a question What's your worry? Why the big hurry I've got all the time in the world So why don't you let go Of what you can't control Let me take it to worry why the big hurry I've got all the time in the world you've got minutes well I've got days. you've got seconds well I've got ways you're out of options well i still got thousands so tell me what's your problem oh oh what's your worry why not big hurry time in the world
2: so why don't you let go of what you can